Church, I want to preach a message this morning out of one phrase out of the Bible here in first, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's just look at the verse, verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 16. The Bible says, For which cause we faint not, but though our, out, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed by day, day, day by day. Look at the first phrase, verse number 16. For which cause we faint not. Would you say that with me? For which cause we faint not. The church family, for Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God to make that statement, then there's reasons why. In other words, for this cause we faint not. Apostle Paul is dealing with the church at Corinth, and he says, listen, this is not a time to give up. This is not a, this is not a time to be weak-hearted. Uh, this is a time that you need to take a stand. And by the way, Apostle Paul, he knew what heartache was and what problems were. We understand. Look at earlier in the chapter. Look at verse number 8, 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. So Paul, he was not talking as if he did not know. In fact, it's interesting, we won't turn to it, but it's interesting when you talk about Paul and the different things that he went through. He spells out all of the things that he went through in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 of being uh, stoned to death and beaten with rods and the night and the day in the deep and the cares of all the churches. Paul knew what affliction was and what problems were. Uh, this idea of the word faint, again, just the idea of uh, not losing heart. In some cases, we use the word faint as far as blacking out. I've only had that happen one time that I can remember. And um, I was going to visit a person who was a member of this church or coming to this church. I don't know if that time they were a member. And she was about 26 years of age. And she was in the hospital in Wichita and she was in an accident. And so I went to Wichita and took one of the men of the church women. I went to Wichita. And when I got there, uh, I walked into the room and she was unconscious and it was a head, head trauma. They had her head bandaged up with the white gauze and you could see where she was bleeding on the side of her head. And when I got in there, the room was warm and I don't do good with blood, all right? So if you're bleeding, uh, I'll send an assistant, okay? Because it's not healthy for me, all right? And so I saw that blood and it was warm and I blacked out. And here the family is about to lose their daughter and I am on the floor unconscious. And uh, it was bad, it was bad. And when I woke up, I was so embarrassed. And uh, so anyway, those kind of blood, blood doesn't well. My wife, we've had some of our kids, you know, where they get kind of messed up and I said, go talk to your mother. All right, so, uh, but this idea of fainting as a Christian is really the idea of giving up, quitting. All right, and God doesn't want us to quit. He wants to keep up, and especially in these last days. And so let's go ahead and look at this together, and may we ask the Lord's blessing on his word. Heavenly Father, again, we just ask for your, your blessing and your help. Father, may we not ever go into a service, Father, and think that it's going to be what the preacher says or what the people listening are going to do. It's going to be what you do in our lives. And Father, may we listen and obey. Thank you again for being so good to us. Help us, Father, in these last days not to faint. Help us, Father, to keep going. Help us, Father, to do our best for you. Now, Father, help us teach us from this passage. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Again, in verse 16, he says, for which cause we faint not. And he's going to go through several things in this chapter. And I want to just deal with three of them this morning as far as what Paul said, as far as not fainting, not giving up, not quitting, to, to keep going, all right? And, you know, we as Christians need to have that in us. And again, I think that's one thing that sports does for a person is there, there's thing, what we call drive that you got to keep going. And if you don't play sports, you ought to have character that says, I'm going to keep going, all right? And as a Christian, now look what Paul says here. The first thing I want you to notice in chapter four there, verse number one, he says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy. What's the last three words? 
All right, so Paul, again, using this same concept in this, in this chapter and really in his writing of these, barely the chapter before and the chapter after, he's talking about to the church of Corinth, he says, this is not a time to give up. You've got to keep going. You've got to, you've got to, uh, to not quit as far as the Christian life and as far as standing for God. And in verse number one, he says, we faint not. And what's he referring to? He says in verse one, therefore, which has been referenced to the previous chapter. He says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. What ministry was he talking about? In verse number six of the previous chapter, he says, who also have made us able ministers, ministry, ministers of the New Testament. If you look down in verse number eight, how shall not this, the ministration, the ministry, how, how shall not this ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? In the next chapter, chapter number five, look at uh, verse number 18, chapter five, verse number 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of what? Okay, now church, let me think for a second here. In verse number one, he says, now because of having this ministry by God's mercy, we faint not. I want to tell you what the ministry is. The ministry is telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. When he talks about the ministry of reconciliation or the ministration of the New Testament, he's talking about telling people how they can know for sure they're on their way to heaven. If you're saved this morning, say amen. amen. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. It's not through the church. It's not through the baptismal water. Jesus Christ is the only one that can take a person to heaven. We know that. We've heard that. And it, by the way, we need to hear it again. John 3, 36. He that believeth on the Son hath Everlasting life, the other category. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see what? Life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Eternal life is about putting faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. All right? And we're living in, in, the, in the society where the devil has put uh, different religions out there and different ministers out there that want to make you think that you can do it on your own. Live a good life, treat your neighbor like you want to be treated, follow the Ten Commandments, and all those things might be good, but there's only one way to heaven. There's only one road to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. So here's what Paul's saying. The reason we as believers don't faint, we don't give up, we don't quit, we don't stop, is because we remember when we got saved. Think about it. Look at verse 1 again. I want, to, I, want you, I want you to understand what it's saying here. In verse number 1, here's what he says. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of telling others about Christ, as we have received mercy. In other words, we have an opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ saved us. And because he saved you, what's the last part of the verse say? We faint not. We don't faint. We don't faint. You know, we tell our children, I don't know how you, I mean, you can use your own name. We say, hey, listen, you're a Hanks. You're not going to do that. Or if I'm playing on a ball game and, and we're a team, I said, hey, listen, I don't care if we lose. We're a team. We're going to make sure we win. What are we trying to say? We're trying to say we're part of something. Can I tell you, if you're, if you're a child of God, you're part of something. You're a part of the family of God. And as part of the family of God, it's not a time to do what others do. And I know there's Christians that are quitting. I know there are Christians who are giving up. But can I just tell you something? As one of God's people, if you will just simply remember that God saved you, it'll help you to keep going. I'm afraid of what people think about me, or I just can't take a stand, or I, 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 might, I, I might lose my job. I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ gave his all for you. I think you can give your all for him. I was talking to one of the ladies before the service, talking about the, the martyrs, and there's a, a group of those that actually, I can't remember the title of that, but they actually send out updates as far as people who are in different countries and what they're taking their stand for Christ. I've got several books. I've got the Encyclopedia of the Martyrs in my office. I've got the, the Book of Martyrs. I've got the Fox's Book of Martyrs. There's several books that talk about people who've taken a stand for Christ. You just read the martyrs' books and you're going to find out how Nero, he took believers and he took, they're specifically women, he took women and put them on post. 
he killed them, put them on post in his garden, and he would wax their hair and then light them so they'd be light in his garden. There were many ministers that would try to preach the gospel of Christ, and they, the, the king or the emperor would, at that time, they would cut their tongue out so they could not speak to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. There's so many, I mean, you just look at all the different people who have, in, in, in our day today, listen to me, in our day today in the United States of America, we think it's a big stand because we dress like a Christian and go to church. What are people going to think about me? What did, what did Jesus think about you? Because I want to tell you something, because Jesus was God and he was omniscient when he came and died on the cross, he thought of you. And I know we don't think of it that way, but can I tell you something? He can think of billions of people all at the same time because he's God. He knew you would be born. He knew you'd be a savior. And he called you and you accepted that call. And I want to tell you, you could have been born in a Muslim country. You could have been born in some, some uh, family that was of, of a cult nature and didn't believe in Jesus Christ. But he allowed you to come across the gospel and allowed you to make a conscious decision and you accepted Christ as your savior. Can I tell you why you ought not to faint? Because he saved you. Amen. He saved you. And it doesn't matter if you're 8, 10, or 12 this morning, or if you're 50 or 60, he saved your soul from hell. Your eternity is forever settled in heaven. And I'm just telling you, it's not a time to quit. It's time to keep going. And I want to tell you what helps keep this going. This idea of remembering what Jesus Christ did the day I got saved. I tell my, I tell my testimony all the time, and I don't ever want to forget it. And every day of my life, the very first thing I start with my salvation, I'm sorry, the very first thing I start with my prayer time is I want to thank God, thank you for the day that you saved me. Amen. Your testimonies are all different, but isn't the wonderful thing, it's all the same. We were all sinners bound for hell, and Jesus died for us. Not only do, if you're not going to faint, you're going to have to remember, uh, as far as receiving God's mercy is what I'm going to say, receiving God's mercy. Look at the next one. Look at verse number 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now think about that statement. He says, for which cause we faint not, and now I'm going to tell you why you're not going to faint. The only reason you're not going to faint as a Christian is if you're recharging. The inward man is renewed day by day. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a gambler. I don't have any boats. I don't golf much. I mean... Brother Dawson's passed away, so I don't golf anymore, really. But I don't have any poles. But I do like, I do like technology. I like, I like electronics. Um, I like a phone. I've got, an, I've got an Apple phone. I've got an Apple Watch. I've got an Apple iPad. I'm not, I'm, this is not a commercial for Apple, by the way. But, but I like electronics. But I learned one thing about those electronics. They don't work if they're not charged. That's pretty elementary for some of you that don't use electronics. But they don't work if they're not charged. So every day uh, of my life, when I go to bed, I make sure that everything is being charged so that the next morning I've got a full charge for the day. I want my iPad. I use it constantly. I said, I want to make sure that thing's charged. It's going to charge all night. I make sure I put my watch on the dock. I make sure my phone is, is charged. In fact, I'm not like some of you. Some of you say, well, you know, you got to let the charge go down, otherwise you're going to ruin the battery. I don't care. I want a full charge no matter any time. If I'm at, if I'm at 89%, we're charging the buddy. I mean, we want it charged. There, I'll never know when I'm going to be stuck on an island without a charger. I want everything charged, and I want it fully charged. I don't want it half charged. I don't want it full charged. If I'm near an outlet and I can charge, then I have it charged. Now, can I tell you something, you as Christians? You need to stay fully charged. This thing is staying half charged and causing yourself to, where you come to a temptation, and you yield to temptation because your inward man's weak and your flesh is strong. It's because you're not charged. 
It's not because you're, it's because what he says there in that passage there, though it causes us not to faint, is the inward man is renewed day by day. Just remember, I want you to look at it if you don't mind. Think about the phrase, first of all, Colossians chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. The inward man is renewed day by day. Now, what is he renewed with? Look at Colossians chapter number 3. Look at verse number 10. Flip over to Colossians 3. Look what he says here. So what renews the inward man? What keeps me charged as a Christian? What's going to cause me not to faint? Colossians chapter 3, verse number 10. And have put on the new man, which is, what's the word? Renewed, charged, renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, just trying to think for a moment here. Who is the image of him that created us? Who's the image of him that created us? Talk to me. All right, you can say God, you can say Jesus, but it's but Jesus Christ. So in other words, he says that if you're going to be renewed in the inner man, you need to be renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, God created us, and if we're going to be renewed, we have to have uh, the knowledge of God. Church, where do we get the knowledge of God? The word of God. It's the word of God. So Paul says, if you're not going to faint, first of all, you need to make sure that you receive that mercy. In other words, as far as salvation and receiving God's mercy is what causes us not to faint, being saved. And then he says, renewing the inward man keeps us from uh, being, being that person who faints. Listen, your weakest hour, I can guarantee you because of the scriptures, your weakest hour as a Christian is going to be when you're not having your devotions. Your weakest hours as a Christian is when you're not spending time in prayer, you're not memorizing scripture, you're not in church. Whenever you are without the Bible, what's happening is your battery, spiritual battery, is getting low. You have to put yourself around the word of God on a constant basis. That's what causes you not to quit. Listen, I don't know, if you're, I don't know who, this morning what you're thinking or who's here, but there's possibly somebody in here this morning, you're, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. Church, I mean, nobody just drops out of church. Nobody just drops out of church. I want to tell you why people drop out of church. Because they gradually let things go because backsliding is always a slow, gradual process. They begin to start letting things go and then all of a sudden you don't see them. Where, what happened to so-and-so? I want to tell you what happened to so-and-so. When you do not renew the inward man, the inward man gets weak and the inward man faints. He says, I want to tell you how you don't faint. He says, if you're not going to faint in verse number one, then you need to make sure that you receive God's mercy and you need to make sure you're saved. He says, if you're going to make sure that you don't faint, you need to make sure that you're renewing the inward man. You've got to keep him charged. I'm glad you're here this morning, but you know what you're here for? Charging. Amen. You know, you're, you're like, I've, I've got one of those uh, phones now where the thing, uh, I don't know what it's called, um, thing snaps to the back now whatever it is okay but that little magnet thing it snaps to the back of the you know what you come to church this morning you're snapped in you know what you're snapped into you're snapped into the word of God and it's charging you spiritually as far as the word of God when you read second Corinthians 4 verse number 16 that ye faint not you know what that's doing the word of God is reminding me as a Christian I can't give up I can't quit hey listen they make fun of you at work but it doesn't matter this is not our home we're here for just a short time and that's what he's going to talk that's what Paul's going to talk about next he says the reason we don't faint is because of receiving God's mercy. The reason we don't faint is because of being renewed in the inward man. But then look what he says in verse 17. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a, what's the word? Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. Church family, we stop at the end of chapter number four, but Paul didn't stop his writing at the end of a chapter because they didn't have chapter divisions when he wrote this. He goes right into chapter number five and verse number one and says, for we know 
Remember now in verse number 18, temporal, eternal, things that are seen, things that are not seen. For we know, chapter 5, verse, that if our earthly house, in other words, this body, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands eternal where? Hey, Brother uh, Integrin laid aside his earthly tabernacle, that body, that shell that he was in. Why? To get an eternal body in the heavens. Now, what was Paul trying to say? Paul was trying to say here that the reason you should not faint is remember this life is temporary. You know, we get Christians all the time. There's nothing wrong with preparing for the future, but I want to tell you if everything you think about is future, I'm talking about your 401k, I'm talking about what house you're going to have, what, what kind of money you're going to have in the bank. If that's all you're going to live for, what you're doing is you're looking at things that are seen instead of things that are not seen. God wants you to provide for your family, and God wants you to prepare for the future. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand this, it should not consume your mind. If the Lord comes back right now, guess who gets your 401k? The Antichrist. How that make you feel? He's just going to kill Christians, and you gave him the money to do it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Did you understand that this is just for a moment? We can't stop. We can't quit. I was reminded this morning, I was talking to my wife before I came in, I was reminded this morning of the story of Derek Redman. Some of you might know him from 1992. He was running a race, a 400-meter race in the Olympics. How many remember that story? Anybody remember that story? Derek Redman was running, a, run, running the Olympic race, and in fact, in 1992 was the race that he, had to, that he couldn't finish, but it was in 19, uh, the, the previous Olympics that he actually was not allowed in the Olympics too because he had something wrong with his heel. But he got running that, that race in 1992, and I've watched the race before. But in 1992, he was running this 400-meter race, and of course, all these guys are running, and he's going full blast, and all of a sudden, his hamstring broke, tore. And when his hamstring, his hamstring tore, he basically went down to the ground. The medics started to come to him. He kind of just kind of shoved him off to the side, and he stands up, and he, he starts to limp to the, limp to the, fin to the finish line. I almost showed it this morning. I thought about it. The Lord didn't give liberty, but... I was thinking about that story is that he just started limping to the, and, and he's in excruciating pain. In fact, the Olympics actually put the film out. It's only like two or three minutes long, but shows that just in excruciating pain, he's limping to the finish line. He got almost to a place where he couldn't go anymore, and this man comes out of the stands, and he's pushing the security guard away, and, he, and it was his father. And uh, his father's going with him, and he's limping himself to the finish line, and one by one, paramedics are trying to stop him, but he keeps pushing to finish and when he got to the finish line, the stands, everybody's standing and clapping. He made it to the finish line because he had his arm around his father, and his father kind of helped him limp to the finish line. I want to tell you something. We as Christians, we have a finish line, and your Heavenly Father will help you get there. Amen. Your Heavenly Father will help you get there. And I know that the times that you're going, he's, Paul said it, persecuted, cast down. You know, I know there's things in your life that, that seemingly, I just can't do this anymore. No, but you can do it because you have a heavenly father that will help you get to the finish line. You have a heavenly father that cares about you, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. He does care for you. This day that we're living, and I told you in the recent days, I stopped listening to the news because it can be so discouraging listening to the news. As a pastor, I still want to be able to know what's going on in the world, but I don't want the world to affect my spirit when it comes to living as a Christian. Church family, this is temporary. The Lord is coming back. And by the way, he's still in control of everything. And even though Satan is the little g God of this world, Satan is still not the God of the universe. 
Satan still has to act, ask permission. Aren't you glad of that? Hey, I noticed your servant Job. Okay, what do you want to do about it? Okay, go ahead. Do you understand God is still in control of everything that goes on in our life? So when we look, look at the news, we get kind of discouraged. Uh, you, know, you know, of course, the Bible talks about that, that when there's, an evil, when there's a ruler in, that's in charge, it's not biblical or not doing what the Bible says. Sometimes righteous people, they get, they get discouraged about it. Church, can I tell you this? Even when President Trump was president, he's still not God. He, he, he's not the answer. The answer is God. And God, yes, he uses people, but we have nothing to be discouraged, nothing to give the fight up. I don't care how many times the people in Lawrence don't want to hear the gospel, we're still supposed to tell them anyway. I don't care. Who knows? I'm telling you, in, recent, in, in, in these coming up days, I still believe that there's still, a, that there's still a good chance that they're going to try to shut churches down again. And I'm going to tell you something. It can happen. And I hope you understand. We didn't shut it down the first time. We ain't shutting down the second time. But you know what? Think about it for a second here. Let's say worst case scenario. We're trying to have church. They decide, you know, you can't have church. And they start arresting people. And you're going to go to, go to jail. I'm going to go to jail. You won't go to jail. I'll go to jail. Some of you can say amen right there, but I'm going to go to jail, okay? And then I'm going to go to jail, and that service is going to complete. But there's going to be another service, because the services don't stop because I'm not here, because I'm just a, I'm just a person. This is God's church. That's All right? Then the deacons are going to stand up here next, and then they're going to take Brother Barney to jail. And that service is going to be over. And then there's going to be another church service, and then they're going to take Brother Mize to jail. And then when we're done with the deacons, then we're going to start with some of you. Because I want to tell you something here. We're, these days that we're living in, we think they're terrible. These, we're not in terrible days. As he said in the book of Hebrews, ye have yet resisted unto blood. We haven't done what Jesus Christ has done for us. They put him in front of a mock trial. They beat him. They slapped him. They scourged him. They put him on a cross and nailed him. He did that for me and I so that we could go to heaven. We haven't sacrificed it all for him. The grace of God. You think about all that he does for us that he allows us to enjoy. And all we can sit back is sit back and suck our thumb as if, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. And this shouldn't have happened here. And I don't have. Think about what you do have. Don't faint. Don't give up. I don't know if you've heard of Borden Milk. But William Borden was the son of, the, he was actually the heir of the Borden Dairy Estate. In 1904, he graduated from a Chicago high school. For his graduation, his parents gave him a trip around the world, all right? I think some of you should do that for your children too, all right? Um, but that was his graduation trip. That was his graduation present, a trip around the world. When he traveled through Asia and the Middle East and Africa, Borden was really stricken by all the poverty and hunger he saw. And he rode home and he said, I'm going to give my life to prepare for, mission, for the mission field. When he made that decision in his Bible, or I should say in the back of his Bible, he wrote two words. And that, those two words was no reserves. His parents tried to talk him out of it, but to no avail. He graduated from Yale University. From Yale University, he went to Princeton Seminary. And then after graduating from seminary, he wrote in the back of his Bible, no retreats. After finishing seminary, he sailed to China to work with Muslims, first stopping at Egypt for some preparation. But while there, he was stricken with cerebral meningitis, and he died within a month. Most people thought, what a waste of a life. And even Borden's parents thought the same thing. But it was interesting that when they found his Bible, here's what it said, two more words, no regrets. 
And I want to tell you, we as Christians, we ought to feel the same way about what God's given us to do. There ought to be no reserves. There ought to be no retreats. And there ought to be no regrets for the life that the Lord allowed us to live. I promise you this one thing. Brother Integrin died at 87 years of age, and he's standing before his Savior, and he's going to hear the words, well done, enough, good and faithful servant. Not because he was a pastor of a church or even deacon of a church, but because he faithfully, faithfully, one day at a time, put God first in his life, his family, his church. He just, he just wanted to please the Lord. Some of you out here in the congregation, you're not the person that's out in front, but you read your Bible every day. You spend time in prayer every day. You try to tell people about Jesus Christ. You give. You try to do exactly what the Lord wants you to do in your life, and you say, well, I'm not a big success. No, the biggest success is the one who pleases God. Amen. That's the biggest success. It's not a time for us to quit. It's a time for us to keep going. For which cause we faint not. We don't faint because I know that I'm saved. We don't faint because the inward man is renewed day by day. And we don't faint, as he says in that last part of there, is this, this is but a moment. This isn't, this isn't permanent. This is temporary. Just remember, you've got to keep your mindset going that direction. Amen. Don't allow all of this to override. Oh, man, alive. What's going on in our country? I hate to tell you this. No surprise to the Lord what's going on in our country. 